You're listening to the Pitch Deck Podcast. Right. Welcome back to the Pitch Stack Podcast, episode 31. I'm Doug, joined as always by Matt. Hello. Matt, are you ready to talk Dynasty spoilers? Here we are, what, nine days before the set is officially released? Mm-hmm. And we took a little week off. We kind of just had other things going on, and uh, it just didn't really feel like we had too much to talk about, to be honest. It was a bit of a lull between, uh, you know, the neck from one spoiler uh, era to the next, I guess. But uh, yeah, but yeah, but now we have chocolates to talk about. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I believe the last spoilers we left out on is 1022. But I think before we get to that, we get to the biggest news. Uh, from Dynasty of everything we've seen so far, and that's a uh, new class. Oh yeah, and they've uh, they've dropped Assassin on us. Um, yes, just very the the class design is very bizarre. Um, a lot of like uh, re like there like a lot of equipment cycling, um, little quests. I do think it's weird that the young hero and the adult hero are separate cards of different different rarities. That's very interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It's uh, it's cool. I'm I guess, a big um, fan of this class, like overall. Yeah, it's super cool. Uh, mm-hmm. and just immediately printed with two pieces of armor, which is great. I think. Um, it's gonna need the know. support. Yeah. The uh, the in magic, we call it fate ceiling, which is amazing. Um, I think that's going to be really good is the ability to consistently fate seal your opponent with Arachne. Um, it definitely lowers the skill gap for people who pitch stack well. Mm-hmm. Uh, like suddenly if you pitch stack well, you can't against Arachne. I think that's really great. Yeah, just uh, plan a little better, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, right. Um, or hope hope that your Arachne uh, opponent isn't catching on to what's going on. Yeah, so I don't know. Uh, I think this, with the hand control and the like, deck control, for lack of a better way to explain it, um, I have a feeling Assassin's either going to be the best class ga- in the game or the worst class in the game. I don't think there's any mid-ground for this. Here, here's what I think. Um... I think it's going to come out strong. Uh, but I also feel like when the rest of the heroes get, you know, all their other tech and things start to shake up a little bit, uh, I think definitely Arachne is going to be like very close to the top at the start. But uh, I feel like he's around like B plus tier. That's reasonable. There are quite a few conditions to make the cards work. And yeah. it's dependent on what your opponents are playing. Um, of course, you can build your deck around this, like to have sideboard pieces for like when your opponents are playing, uh, you know, ninjas. You probably want to take out a, a good majority of your like slay the scholars because those aren't going to hit, be hitting any non-attack actions to complete contracts. 
Um, and you're also going to be needing, needing to include go again uh, enablers in the deck because most of these do not have actually all of these do not have go again. Uh, you're only going to be able to give them go again with uh, the legendary boots, uh, which we'll talk about in a minute. And uh, like other cards like Captain's Call, Razor Reflex. Yeah, more than likely. Yeah, it's interesting, right? So they have spoiled every single assassin card at this point. And um, considering that Regicide is a one of, um, you like there are 94, up to 94 cards in play. Um, so, you know, I there's a there's a solid, there's 32 different cards, including colors. Um, so I don't know. There's definitely a card pool here. And then when you add in the need for Razor Reflex and things of that, like, Things like that. Uh, I don't know. It's going to be pretty cool. The The equipment reusing is very interesting to me. Um, I thought for sure we were going to see a, an assassin card that let you equip other equipments. Um, I feel like that would be very flavorful for, you know, Arachne to put on the Emperor's crown or whatever because he's holding it. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know... Uh, yeah, so I guess, yeah, spoiler alert. The Emperor's dead before yeah. he even got released. He dead. Um, but you know what's cool about that card, though, uh, is that it's not, it's like a, uh, it, it's a non-CC card. So it's not really going to get, see, it's going to have like zero play in CC. Yeah. Unless, like, for some reason, the, the crown seems to be a better choice than running any of the other, like, generic crowns. Or uh, class pieces, that uh, royal crown. Yeah, um, I doubt it, but uh, I don't know. We could see some sort of weird techs, uh, like you know, weird tech because uh, it does create a gold. So like, wizard might be able to use it to draw some cards and I don't know, do all sort of other sorts of shenanigans. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's weird. So we'll figure out what it does. Hopefully, um. Gold tokens, not bad. Two for a draw. Uh, Assassin making silver tokens, also not bad at three for a draw. Although I, it seems to me you'll be primarily using the silver tokens to uh, get your equipment back. Yeah, or cashing, or cashing, uh, cashing in, or playing your paydays. Yeah, or no paydays make your silvers, but cash ins for sure are gonna be like pot of greeds in this deck essentially. You're definitely going to run, run, run all three, and maybe even cash outs. Yeah, right. Yeah, I I always forget cash out is generic because cash out lets you destroy your um, equipment. Oh, interesting. Yeah, and then you can yeah, also just good. bring those back. Yeah. Huh. I don't know if that's like you're incentivized to do that at all, but uh, I think you certainly could be. I mean, you might. I don't. I, I'm not totally sure. It says here you need two silvers to bring back the um, the boots, and assuming the same for your uh, headpiece. So I don't really see that being worth it. It's gonna. You're only gonna make two destroying them. Yeah. So uh, definitely cash in though. That's uh gonna be part of this deck. Oh yeah. Um. I feel like this is going to be a very expensive deck to put together right off the bat. Um, a lot because you're looking at play, play sets of five different majestics, 
And then uh, on top of that, you're going to need a brand new legendary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but it could be worth it. it. It could be a lot of fun. And I'm actually looking forward to playing this hero. I really, really, really want to play him. I feel like I'm going to enjoy this. Um, I, I just have a thing for um, decks that create permanents and stuff, like create objects in the game. Uh, funny enough, I, I enjoyed playing Prism a little bit, but she was kind of just too like dirtily for me. Was it really yeah. offensive? So that's kind of like why that didn't stick to me. But obviously I love rune chants. I love, you know, quick and tokens or embodiments and silvers are going to be pretty sweet too. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I don't know. Um, I'm pretty excited. I will likely have a assassin blitz deck put together before long. Um, where I feel like, I feel like this is a very good blitz hero simply because, uh, anytime you banish any card from your opponent's deck, you're banishing 50% of those, you know? Yeah. Um, and the deck control is just outstanding. So absolutely pretty cool. So Arachne's ability is pretty cool too. Uh, yes, the fate seal. Yeah. Essentially, if you don't know what that means, just you may look at the top card of target opponent's deck and you may put it on the bottom whenever you play a card with contract. So every pretty much every uh, assassin attack. Yeah, it's uh, oh, it's going to be really good. I don't know. It's I, I'm really having a hard time figuring out how good this deck is going to be. It'd be funny if you can banish someone's whole deck. I mean, yeah. There's like a serious amount of card advantage. Especially like you're constantly recurring your own equipment that you're using as attack reactions. Very difficult to exhaust. Quite gross, I must say. Indeed. So, um, yeah. You know you know what's really interesting to me? Uh, before we get into specific spoilers. So, the very first box opening is tomorrow. Oh, wow. Um, I'm so excited. I actually had no idea. Well, it's what's weird, though, too, is there's like 60, 70 cards that haven't been spoiled yet. Hmm. That's odd. I know, right? Well, I, I'm sh- I wonder if the person opening that box will just somehow suddenly, surprisingly and out of nowhere, open the fabled. <laughs> yeah, they will. Yeah, uh, almost certainly. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, we have uh, twelve out of fourteen of the Marvels, so that's really interesting to me. Uh, that uh, there's a couple Marvels we haven't seen yet. Well, it'll probably be a Marvel uh, Emperor we haven't seen, and a Marvel Arachne. Well, we, those we, are so. Yeah, we haven't seen those, but those are included in the count as oh, like things that. So well, we I don't know, know about the Marvel Arachne, but the Marvel Emperor is for sure. Okay, cool. Yeah, Marvel Arachne for sure has got to be a thing. I mean, right? Yeah, maybe. And probably a Marvel Crouching Tiger or something like that. That wouldn't surprise yeah. me. Um, I uh, I wonder if we're going to get more heroes, you know? Do you think we've seen all the heroes that there are to see? Uh, I mean, we've been told that we have, right? Did they say that? I, I don't know. I heard it was only three heroes this set. But, uh, of course, that could always be wrong. But I mean, w- this set needs a merchant, right? Oh, shit, you're <laughs> right. Damn. Um. 
<laughs> Actually, looking over this, uh, it does appear that all three heroes have been just um, as long as they're sticking to the way that they usually spoil um, or just their card counts where the hero for each class is like the very first one. Mm -hmm. uh, then, yes, we have seen them all. Ah, uh, indeed. So, yeah, I don't know. Um, so, yeah, where were we? Uh, where were we on the spoilers? What have we missed? What is there to talk well, about? I think 22, uh, October 22nd was the last was one we didn't actually cover on the podcast last time. I think we oh, what we, uh, what site are you looking at that goes by dates so I can bring it up? Oh, yeah. Well, I'm personally using uh, Spellvoid.com, Spellvoid not a ad, but they are pretty cool. Um, Ooh, I they like have a Very way to clean. sort it all based on the date spoiled, so that's fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This so, is super clean. I, I think like we this. probably talked about Surge and Aethertide, uh, an interesting wizard staff that probably needs some kind of like new wizard support to make it like decent. It seems pretty blah right now, but yes, yeah, we did. We did talk about this. Yeah, um, I believe I we know. covered it's all else before that. Yeah, uh, I think the Skyfire Lanterns are the first card we missed, which are essentially the same thing as the Water Glow Lanterns, but yeah. they're in the sky and on fire. Yeah. And they, they deal arcane damage because they make rune chance. <laughs> the, yeah. They reveal the top. If it's the same color as the pitch, you make a rune chant. Go again for rune blades. So uh, it's okay. I mean, I can't imagine a card like this a non-attack action like this that has kind of like a, a really low floor, I guess, like zero for get nothing, go again, non-attack action. Yeah. Uh, and maybe one rune chant, but if you're playing this right, you're getting a rune chant, maybe, if you've played in the non-attack action. I don't know. It, this seems to be like probably for another hero or maybe for Briar to get some arcane damage going. That makes sense. Yeah, I mean that's how I, that's how I perceive these. The red ones, at least, the blues and yellows can just go into trash. Oh yeah, the reds for sure going to be great for Briar. Ooh, I didn't even think that far ahead. That's really good. I like that. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's worth testing for sure. I mean, you get a rune chant for for just playing a non-attack action, and you know you're usually going to have a red on top of your deck. So now I think it's going to be difficult to go card by card. Yeah, for, for sure. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. Did any cards stick out for you in Assassin? We'll cover big swaths. And of course, now that Assassin's here, we've covered a lot of that already. Um, I, I love the first of all, as far as art goes, I love Black Tech Whispers art. Yes, I love Absolutely. it. Absolutely. And uh, it almost looks like a mechanologist card. You know? Well, the name Black Tech. And remember, the pits is if if you're familiar with like the arcane, like League of Legends. Uh, sort oh, of thing, yeah. The, the pits the, is like the the, the trash yeah. area. Yeah, yeah. The met metrics is essentially the same as like the 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 gadgety futuristic city, and the pits is essentially the same as like that slum area below the city in Arcane. So, uh, I think that uh, the Ara that Arachne has some uh, that that the spider outsources their equipment construction to the metrics. Probably that would make sense, right? Um, I think Plunder the Poor is probably the best um, attack here. The um, I, I don't know if you noticed the theme 
to naming of yeah. the assassin cards, 100%. but there's like alliteration. My favorite being Fleece the Frail is really funny to me. Like, I feel like the word Fleece yeah. doesn't get used That's a often enough. Um, get like Nick's the nimble cut cut to the it, chase. It, it feels a little lazy, but I appreciate the cheesiness of them. You could annihilate the armed. The eradicate one just straight up is like, we're just going to eradicate. Slay the scholars. Sla- yeah. Sack the shifty. And then cut there's to just the shred. <laughs> Rob the bridge. Yeah, I like it. Oh, it's like every contract has that. Uh, I guess minus leave no witnesses. Eradicate does not have a, a cheesy name. Ah. Interesting. Yeah, that's a pretty sick card, though. Oh, yeah. Huh. So how Weird. about that Iron Song Pride, eh? I like it. Um because there's really no downside to it, right? Uh, it's doing the exact same thing Dawnblade's already doing. I mean, it feels like a little low power, though, no? I guess. I mean, you're just a, you're immediately putting a plus one counter. And then the negative condition of... Well, so obviously you're adding a bit of exposure, right, to the aura being destroyed. Um... But there is something that I noticed about it. It's an instant. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like uh, you play as a reaction. Absolutely. Um, so I don't know. It's interesting. Uh, I don't know. I feel like it's a very good card. I feel like it is a card that Dory needed. Um, so I don't know. And, you know, I don't know if um, I don't know if there's any relevant um effects that this could a change you know uh but iron song pride can be played as an instant during the uh resolution step to get the counter That's on there true. so if there's like a uh an effect that cares if it has that counter or if it's a little like one plus more power or if it cares how much you know yeah how many counters are on it or something it could it could affect it i don't know just something i thought about yeah. Uh, huh. Diabolic Ultimatum. What are your thoughts on that? It's interesting. I think... Um, I think it's uh, it, it's weird, right? Because it's kind of a win more card for Runeblade right now, where I feel like ally-dependent decks are not bad matchups in any way whatsoever. Yeah, for sure. Um. So I don't know. It's a because you know, as a rune blade, everything's about on hit effects and playing cards in a certain order. And to have a three cost majestic that basically just automatically does something you were gonna do already, but then on top of that, um, it gives your opponent a choice. Yes, which uh, inherently makes it worse. I, I, so, I feel like this is a bad card. It only blocks for two as well. So the, the the absolute, in my opinion, like the absolute ceiling on this right now, as far as like allies go and auras go, like your Dromai opponent has a single like Tomaltai out and a single like passing mirage and you go diabolic ultimatum and then you just got the big old got him moment. Uh, I doubt that ever happened, that would ever happen. Um, but 
the worst case scenario is that you're playing against Dromai and they have five Ash Wings and all the other important dragons, and you play this and they just destroy an Ash Wing. Um, <laughs> however, where I think this is actually good in, like this is potentially good in, right? I'm not going to say this is for real, for real good. This obviously requires more testing, but like uh, Icelander. Um, so because for the fact that you control the aura they give you, the afflictions, and that they control ah. their insidious chills and their um, uh, Channel Lake Frigids, you can play this and destroy both the affliction on you and have them destroy one of their auras if they control Insidious Chill or Channel Lake Frigid. Yeah, that's really good, actually. Yeah. So it's a two-for-one, actually, against Icelander with the afflictions uh, on the board. Huh. Not bad. I yeah, I do like that. Um, I think this is probably like gonna be some kind of uh like UPF card, probably, like at best. But yeah, I mean, it could see a little sideboard play against Icelander if she gets to be a little bit of a, a problem, but um but the, the big rune blade card here that's kind of like uh really really odd. Um is that Annals of Salt Sutcliffe? Oh yeah, the uh, the book. It's weird. It's like it lets you kind of play a uh, a caster rune blade. Yeah, it's um, it's odd. Th- this this makes me think that they are slowly, slowly but surely setting up the dominoes, like stacking the chips to make a return to, like, OTK Viscerai. Yeah. Because you necessarily don't want a weapon in that deck, and draw power is just good, especially if it lets you cycle away attack action cards um, that you don't need. And if you're pitching away two cards, it gives you a benefit of just creating a Runechan token. So let's say you have a uh, the start of your turn, you're like, okay, Morgitite turn, that's pretty sick, right? Um, you can go like incantation uh, into, I don't know, not even uh, incantation. You can go like, okay, uh, uh, Mortitide, uh, Mavrian Sky, uh, Meeting Greed or something, right? Now you've got two resource floating. Um, you can create some rune chance off the back end of that, uh, some number, depending if people block or not, uh, at the very least two. Uh, then you can play a revel if you get like if you just high roll, right? Uh, and then there's that new card, the other new uh, rune chain, rune blade card, looming doom. Uh, potentially play that and destroy all the revel rune chants and put a bunch of uh, doom counters on that and set it up to just start dealing arcane damage every single turn. And then use yeah. that little book to sift to sift your hand away and uh, draw a card for your arsenal. I don't know, make it another rune chant. There, there are some options, I think. Um, but we'll get to that other Doom card in a little bit. But I think that card's kind of crazy. Yeah. The Sutcliffe book's kind of meh. But it's, that's yet to be yet to be determined. It's weird. It, uh, it definitely gives you like a different play style for Runeblade, I think. Yeah. Um, maybe it'll be an option when Rosetta Thorn goes away. Pretty much. I think they're planning for a... Uh, Planning to give us options, at least. Yeah. 
So uh, the next card that sticks out to me um, is that Ranger Majestic that finally explains to us what aim counters are, and that's Hemorrhage Bore. And it says if it has an aim counter, it has when this hits a hero, destroy a card in their arsenal. So essentially, it seems to me that aim counters are just arrow modifiers. Yeah. Uh, and that any card that uses them will have its own claws. Yeah, I was really cool. actually, and we're still not sure because I think we're waiting on one more Ranger equipment to be spoiled. Um, but I really, really hope that there's a ranger equipment um, that grants aim counters uh, an ability, right? Yeah. So that we can actually use that bow and put uh, aim counters or put like give abilities to some of these arrows with aim counters on them. Yeah. Because yeah, it doesn't seem I mean, like there's going to be too many cards in this set in particular that care about the aim counters. Like maybe two, right? We've seen like one so far. Yeah, there's Deadeye. There's uh, the one we just mentioned. And then I'm sure maybe there isn't another one. Yeah, they really haven't seen a lot of Ranger cards. Yeah, just yeah. two so far. That's the only two cards I care about aim counters. So I think the equipment's gonna actually going to have a, a text on it that uh, refers to aim counters. Because we've only seen the rare. We, we've yet to see the majestic one. So, uh, yeah, I think that makes sense. Uh, so one of the other things as we're going through the spoilers that sticks out for me here is dust from the red desert, mm -hmm. which is a material like a, it seems that draconic illusionist is getting a bunch of red materials you can play. Yeah, it's um, weird. Uh... And they don't have it. It makes it so you can summon dragons without phantasm, essentially, but a specific dragon for each one. Yeah, there's three in particular. Yeah, that's weird. I think it's the three most expensive ones, no? Uh, yeah, I guess uh, Thamai. I mean, Vincerakai doesn't see that much play. And then uh, Necria. Yeah, Thamai, Necria, Vincerakai. They've all got their own special dust. <laughs> They've all got their own special dragon dust. Um, I do like that they are red go again enablers. I think that's cool. Um, it's just a, it's a, that's a really weird card. Like I'm I'm excited to read the rules about that. I mean, essentially, my interpretation of this probably, and I don't know if it's going to be correct, but um, since material tokens cease to exist whenever the dragon's destroyed. Um, this uh, material will go to the graveyard whenever the dragon uh, leaves the battlefield. Yeah, it makes sense. the arena. That uh, that definitely makes sense. Um, I could be wrong, but it just seems correct. It'll go. Maybe it'll go to the the same zone that um whatever zone that the dragon goes to. That's where the material goes to, just in case they have other effects that like banish allies or put them in your hand or something which would be weird but uh yeah uh as a, from a from a rules perspective that would think i think that makes sense but i'm sure there's some problems with that as well um that was just my intuition call there yeah um yeah i don't know i guess i, I i'm excited i'm excited to see how it works uh the hyper driver reprints weird huh yeah, and we're definitely going to get into the, the, the meat and grits of why that's uh, meat and grits. Never, that's weird. That's a weird analogy, but um, going to get into the, 
meat of why that gritty. is. Huh? Get down to the nitty gritty? Yeah, the nitty gritty. I don't, I don't know what I was saying. Um, <laughs> yeah, we finally have uh, we finally have mechs, I think, is the... Uh, Not mechanologists. Uh, we're talking about mechanoids? Yes. Is that um, correct? Yeah, it's kind of cool, right? There's an actual flip card uh, for engineer. I mean, mechanologists. I don't yep. know why I want to call them engineers. They are. <laughs> um, but construct nitro mechanoid, and it lets you turn uh, three hyperdrivers, the head, chest, arms, legs. I mean, when will you ever get this out? Uh, um, you know, it's kind of funny that this is kind of like, this seems so impossible to do, but it, it's high risk, high reward, honestly. Yeah, I mean, you have to get three hyperdrivers out without destroying any of them to boost. Right. Or you just Which have to have weird. them. You still have to have them out. Yeah. But that's so why they start have them. with one in the arena. Yeah, they have that blessing of ingenuity to return up to three of them. Uh, from your graveyard or banish zone to the arena, which is kind of cool. Yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah, also banish zone. That's not terrible. Um, but yeah, this uh, construct nitroid mechanoid construct nitro metronome. Wow. Uh, nitro mechanoid. Uh, it's a four cost and it's a it's kind of like an invoke, right? Uh, but it, it constructs this mech. But it asks you to transform um, mechanologist uh, all your mech items, uh, all your mech equipment. I mean, your armor, right? And three hyperdrivers. And it gets countered if you don't. Um, so it means you have to have four mech equipment on and you have to transform them. Actually, five because it says your weapon as well, I believe. Um, if I'm, am I, did I have that correct? Oh, yeah, weapon as well. So you have to have five mech um, equipment out, transform all of them into uh, this big mech, including the three hyperdrivers. And they're under it, under the uh, mech uh, as though they were material because they spoiled a new arm piece uh, that has the material uh, keyword on it. But it also gives it a bonus, not just so like the material for Ash uh, gives it Phantasm when it's under dragons. Uh, the material here says it gives plus one power to it when it's underneath a permanent. So it's interesting, right? Because this, um, we're definitely getting another mechanologist in the next set because this, uh, this card locks you into using a very specific set of equipment because there's only one mechanologist leg piece, only one chest piece, only one head piece, and now only one arm piece. Um, so it needs four very specific cards. Your weapon, I, this card's so cool, but it's just, in my opinion, it's just too difficult to pull out. Unlike the other new Mechanologist card. Um, oh. And I can't remember for the life of me what it's called. Plasma Mainline. Let's see. That one's a cool one. I like that. I do like Plasma Mainline. I think that's nuts. Um. But the the card I'm talking about is Pulse Wave Harpoon. Oh um, God! Oh, which God. in my opinion is the best card in the game. This immediately it is um, the most pushed card in the game, probably. 
I'm not going to lie. I have strong feelings about that card, and they're all negative. Because <laughs> you don't play Meganologist? Because no, I, I hate it. Because I hate that card. Because <laughs> oh, it's yeah, it's like it's almost power creep, right? Uh, it's it's like rude. It's like a just a rude card. It's incredibly insane. Like this is a deck that like already is probably one of the best aggro decks in the format, as far as CC goes. And then now it gets to go okay. Uh. It didn't even have to. It didn't even have to full like four boost. It just goes like zero to sixty. Another zero costs like T Bone. Force, give me your equipment. Also, Pulse Wave Harpoon. Snatch your best card in your hand and make it block. Like it. It's so gross. I mean, it not having go again. It I think does is have enough. go again. It has boost. Oh yeah, it does have boost, doesn't it? It does have go again. It's terrible. <laughs> Oof. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. I like it. I uh, two of those in one turn is gonna win your game every time. Yeah, it's rough, man. I mean, the the thing is it's worse, it's much worse against like aggro decks. Like I, I when I say worse, I mean for the aggro player. Uh, it's much stronger against aggro decks because they usually want to uh, choose and pick pick and choose when they block and with what specifically. Yeah, and the answer is you never want to block. Right, yeah. Usually you're just like, okay, is this a blocking turn or is it not a blocking turn? Especially when it comes to mech. And when mech just says, actually, I'm the captain now, and then they just make you block. It's just like, a really, really bad feeling. Um, they almost never have to play this on like boost is two, but even if they do, it'll still snatch a lot of stuff. Um, if it's like boost three, it's going to snatch everything. Um, the one hero, though, I probably will say that has better control over this. Uh, over play- playing against this card is probably Briar. I don't know if the text, uh, maybe I'm misremembering exactly the way embodiments are worded. Um, but I believe. Oh, that no. The yeah, it is a it, oh, it no. is a uh, it is a static effect. You yeah, are but correct. it is while defending. Oh, is so, it? It is yeah, strictly it is while defending. defending. So I'm incorrect. Yeah. Uh, Briar can get fucked. Um, <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah, this is that card sucks. God. Yeah, well, that's pushed as hell. Yeah. Uh let's talk about not not so pushed uh mechanologist cards. Uh plasma mainline. Yeah. Uh um it's a funny card. Yeah, this art does not stand out in any way whatsoever, I think is my first issue with it, right? Like if you just it looks like a very generic mechanologist card. Well, like um, to be fair though, I mean, I just want to, you know, credit where credit's due, like making items like very focused in item art stand out is somewhat difficult yeah that's true but, um you know it, it's still it's still i think relays what it's trying to uh do the card now i think this is a data doll card i mean obviously there are there are other uses for it right but i um I don't know. To me, it's a data doll card. Oh, I agree. 
I mean, she's the one who's going to be putting the most items into play. So yeah. you can move around these steam counters and give things extra steam counters, right? It's good. Um, and you don't even have to use your resources to load up your uh, pistol items like your induction chambers and purifiers. You just kind of give them with a uh, plasma machine. Yeah, I like it. Um, but the thing is, though, I would say, oh, no, actually, it's pretty sweet because you can give it to your dissipation shields, too. And now they defend for now they defend five re- uh, damage. Yeah, that's quite good. It's quite good. Huh. I want to it touch. A, it's weird. Mm-hmm. I dig it, though. I, I want to touch up upon Nitro Mechanoid real quick before we like leave off of a, mecha- a mechanologist for a bit. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it In order to attack, it has to banish a card from underneath it. So it, it has overpower and temper because it can defend as well. Uh, it attacks for five, blocks for five. Um, it can block essentially uh, five times before it's destroyed. And it can only attack uh, five times as well. That is very true. Uh, but if you, this is ever destroyed by either Temper or um, a Smashing Good Time or an R Smash, then you lose all of the equipment beneath it, if I'm not mistaken. Um, that's how I interpret this card to use the equipment, right? Um, yeah, I mean, that's how I, uh, that's how I interpret it, too. I remember they put in... There are weird zone rules for when something specifically is under. Like, I guess under is like a weird keyword now um, because of or actually I think it's transform is the weird keyword that puts things under. Um, So, yeah, I do believe that is what happens. And additionally, do not let a Kyloria hit you because this is an item. Yes, (laughs) that would be funny. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, that's the dream, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, no, that really is the dream. Kyloria just natches and just enters the mech. <laughs> oh, I want that. Yeah, I want to see um, it. I'd like to see it happen. That's a that's a Silumgar play if I've ever seen one. <laughs> oh, that's great. I didn't even think of that. That's really great. Um, yeah. Now, uh, yeah, so I guess going down the line here, we had Berserk come up, I believe, is the next Majestic. Um. The brute cards in here are interesting. It's so weird to me because every brute card like reads the exact same <laughs> to me. And six, then like I look draw, into it a little discard, further. Banish plus <laughs> draw discard six get effect. Yeah, uh, but the, these are all good. Like every brute card I've seen so far is like good. Right. Yeah, uh, this one's really good. Um, gives you an until end of a turn effect where whenever you discard one. You get to reveal the top card, and if it's six or more, it goes to your hand. Uh, no, it, uh, oh, wait, yeah. Yeah, I mean, obviously, it's not worded exactly like that, but, you know, that's basically what it does, you know? For sure, and it also banishes six power attacks, so Levia really likes that. Yeah, it's weird. They were able to, like, hit both design spaces with one Brute card. It's kind of cool. Right, it's the simplicity of Brute, honestly. Um, so what do you think of cryptic crossing? Well, I think uh, I want to talk about that, but we did, uh, miss a couple other good cards here. Uh, Cleveland heat seeker. Um, oh yes. 
cleave is uh, a pretty cool one. And now we finally see some axe support uh, other than the cards we've seen axes, before, axes, like axes. Uh, spill blood, you know? Yeah, it, it's interesting. I like that uh, there's a sideboard card to bring in against Dramai. That's quite cool, in my opinion. Um, yeah. What I uh, think is cool, though, is that it turns on the uh, axe's ability, I believe. Oh, yeah. When its power is greater than twice its base power, so it'll have overpower. So if you play, if you have uh, four resources, you can play Cleave and then swing with the Merciless Battle Axe for seven, and it'll gain overpower. Yeah. Yeah, definitely good against Dromai. I dig it. Huh. See, we also had Heat Seeker, uh, Ranger card. Yeah, it's it's okay. It's an arsenal filler. Yeah, it, it's not uh, amazing, sadly. But uh, but what it does do, though, it's kind of cool, is that um, it can possibly fill up a second arsenal slot. Um, if you have a face-up card with a new horizon, it just put the top card of your deck face up into your arsenal. Yeah. So it doesn't hmm. need to be an empty arsenal. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Well, but, I guess. Um, yeah. I guess you'd need an empty arsenal zone, right? Yeah, you would. You. It doesn't say so, but I think it's implied. Um, yeah, you can't put anything into your arsenal. I think they did fix that because remember there was some weird like we were unaware of like this weird like uh rule like angling thing where you can like stack uh cards in your arsenal or something like that. That was really weird. With yeah, the there was like a really weird rules lawyery way to do that. Yeah, uh, I want to pretend that never happened. <laughs> I don't really want to think about how to do that. Um, yeah. <laughs> But Cryptic Crossing is this Runeblade card they've spoiled recently, and uh, I like I like it, but I think it's more of a Briar card. Am I wrong in thinking that? It's more of a Briar card than it is a Viscerai card? It's interesting because you just... Uh, Briar runs so few blues, and I guess it wants you to... What I don't like about this card is it wants you to... Um, I, I'm having a really hard time evaluating it. I think it's really good. It wants you to pitch two cards, which is weird. Two specific cards, so you need a very specific hand to play it. But if you do, this is an incredible swing. Yeah, you get to draw a card. Uh, they well, have to discard a card. Well, what's cool is though about this is if you have like an embodiment lightning, you can give this go again. But on top yeah. of that, if you're playing Bramble Spark in your deck, um, this refers. The, the text on this card says the first time this deals damage to the defending hero, not hits. Yeah, so you can uh, you can trigger that. Yeah, before they on, get uh, to that phase. Yeah, it's only one time, so the first time. But you can force your opponent to evaluate this block a lot harder. Um, they're going to have to pitch to prevent arcane and block a six power slash nine power with channel mount heroic out, maybe. Um, yeah, but with Viscerai, I can see the, I can see the ability on this happening more often. But I don't know how I feel about pitching two cards to get a six power like 
on hit discard. It's not terrible. It's much better than like some of the alternatives because you can you can determine whether this ability is uh, active or not instead of your opponent deciding to prevent arcane and you're not paying uh, to play a Reek Re- Corruption, which kind of is a crappy card. Um, so it's it's nice. And you also redraw the card if it does happen to deal damage to them. Yeah. That's interesting. I dig it. The um. So we'll get to our first of the of the new legendaries, and that is the Bolton card. Yeah. Um, I really like this design space of putting something into your soul and having it have an effect by doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, it starts to fix the giant problem that Bolton has, which is that he innately has terrible card. Like he has no card advantage whatsoever. He's card disadvantage. So they start to fix that, but I like that they're fixing it in a very narrow scope. Yeah. Uh, I think going too too uh, wide with that uh, solution at first might be a problem, but um, yeah, I understand what you're saying with his card disadvantage. I never looked at it that way, but yeah, uh, I a hundred percent understand it. And you know what's cool is being able to play uh, Luna Ascensions at instant speed uh, gives you action points. So that's fewer cards necessary. There's fewer cards needed to pull out of your soul. Yeah. To give go again. And if you haven't, and if your uh, your chain starts without, card, without cards in soul, uh, you don't need to worry because you get the action point from Lumina. It's also cool to kind of ambush with Lumina Ascension. It makes it a much better card. Oh, Absolutely. 100%. Uh, where before it needed to kind of be, you need to set up like a turn of inevitability, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's cool. I mean, uh, going through this, obviously, there's 60 Majestics they revealed. Um, yeah, there's there's a, quite a few cards. So I don't want to hit on all of them. Uh, but I do think, did you uh, did you see the other Mechanologist card BIOS update I think is very interesting? Yeah, it's kind of like a Dash doing an impersonation of Data Doll. Yeah, it's weird, right? It's got Data Doll in the picture. Yeah, it looks like she's getting I, her Mark III upgrade. I think that is a... In my opinion, that card's a must-include in any mech deck. Really? In any mech deck? That's bold. I mean, well, first of all, for zero cost, you're getting plus three on the next card with boost you attack with. That's huge. Yeah. Um, And then the other part is like, this is unlikely, but if you happen to boost an item, it's like it gives you, you know, a free card and yeah. go again. I wouldn't play it in da- in, uh, in David all because she already does that. And getting the plus three is not like a massive deal. Uh, and you would much rather, I think, have the attacks, the boosting attacks. That's true. But dash, absolutely. I mean, this is pretty, pretty sweet stuff. Yeah, plus three for zero. Um, feels good, I think. Yeah. Um, I definitely want to talk about Buckle. Oh, yeah. And how much I hate this card. Yeah, I, I don't like it. I just hate that they just keep giving fucking guardian like these insane cards like when this was spoiled i was like immediately this is the best majestic spoiled so far up to that point like i think this is probably before they spoiled um that pulse wave harpoon we were just uh on about but uh yeah now this is it's just really annoying like 
It's obnoxious, damn it. Like Especially they can just, because like, you're already card- going to be using equipment against Guardian. You know, it's just part of the strategy. Yeah, but it's like two card hands turn into so much with Guardian. They're just like, okay, pitch, pitch to play this buckle out of Arsenal and then pitch to hammer you for seven. And then if it hits you, destroy your equipment and you're screwed. Game it over. It also bothers me that it's attack. Like yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. This too. is a Terra Sunder, but instead of discard a card or two cards, I forgot. Two cards, right? Instead of discard two cards, destroy your equipment. Yeah. That's pretty uh pretty sucky, if I have to say so. Um Yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. I guess uh these next two, I guess uh before we get into Looming Doom, obviously, I think Dead Eye is fascinating to give Ranger a little hand control. Yeah. Uh, you know, it gets a, it gives an attack plus three, and then if it has an aim counter, which I guess is very conditional at the same time, uh, when it hits a hero, you get to Thought Seize, which is Oh, yeah. That's, that's great, actually, if I'm being totally honest. Um, because Ranger needs to be able to take away the threats that are going to hurt it the most. Yeah, when they're pre- putting on pressure. So instead of your opponent being able to just kind of like it's the same thing as pulse wave harpoon, like in the sense, right? Um, they're going to have to provide like a full block on this attack or can or can or just essentially say, hey, you can take my card, right? Yeah. So they're almost absolutely. always going to block this attack unless you can give it a buff and then hit them anyways. Um. So but I mean, yeah, I think it's a good card for sure. Yeah, it's like when Definitely a uh, give him a buff there. When hero sucks, give him hand control. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, looming doom. Oh yeah, let's go, baby. And this uh, this is interesting because it's a uh, very much that OTK card. Uh, but I guess it's not because uh, it only triggers once, right? Uh per turn. Yeah. So it's um, yeah, it's. I think it's good. Um, the reason I'm thinking, the reason I really like is because, um, instead of now putting all your eggs into, I mean, this is the definition of putting your eggs in one basket, but you're investing them right to double your output. So, uh, you can have a turn where your resources are, are not, uh, efficient enough to be able to like kind of play your go again attack revel in rune blood and attack with your weapon right and especially you know in a world where like rosetta thorn is almost out of here um when you're gonna have to pay two for a weapon attack or more um you can now instead i mean if you could play looming dune that means you can play an attack action for with your weapon but you can instead double that uh play like your revel and get those rune chants you'll probably have like six of them out at least and then you can play looming doom and then now you've turned six arcane damage into 10 arcane damage. And it's all split into five sources instead of 10 or instead of, you know, uh, one at a time. It's two arcane from one source. Yeah. And it's uh, any target. Which is super relevant. Yeah. So now you can that actually use Looming Doom to. Uh, to screw with uh, Dromai. Yeah, attack some allies. Mm-hmm. Huh. I don't hate it. The um. Huh. 
I don't know. Yeah, I guess uh, nothing really stands out amongst the ninja spoilers. Obviously, we got the crouching tiger cards. They're zero for zeros, which is very bizarre, yeah. Well, right? I'll, yeah, I think um, I've been hearing a lot of talk about that. I think it's going to bring Katsu back. Certainly possible. Because, I mean, you could discard these crouching tigers for Katsu's ability. There's so much you can do with this stuff. Like, so I, I, I'm going to touch on a couple things real quick. Skullcrack, great card, amazing, probably enables rock. We've yet to see. Uh, Imperial Ledger, Imperial Edict, just some royal conditional uh, non-attack items that are generic that do some cool stuff. Uh, but now back to the Crouching Tigers. Uh, they have Ephemeral. So if they go into your graveyard from anywhere, you got to they just cease to exist. They're like tokens. But what they don't say is if they get tucked into your library, right? Or put into your arsenal or something, they don't disappear. So somehow these can end up in your library with sink belows or with like old and defense reactions. They can end up on top or on the bottom of your deck. Yeah. Um but what's really huh. cool about these is that uh, you can also, I believe, banish these to uh, Art of War. And oh, yeah. Some, yeah. Yeah, you can. Mm -hmm. And so you get card. You just get straight card advantage plus two card advantage when you play Art of War and Crouching Tiger. Um, and they all get buffs so you can play them. And we have... Uh, a bunch of payoffs for playing these crouching tigers and uh you can really trick your opponents as far as like masculine momentum goes you know just play these crouching tigers that see that are seemingly harmless forcing them to consider to block or not on the third combat chain link and uh you can kind of just bait them into giving up cards unnecessarily yeah tiger swipe mm. is obviously an insanely good uh, payoff for these crouching tigers. Yeah. Interesting. It's weird. I I'm curious to see what comes out of all that. The old that's that weird little crouching tiger package uh, that they've printed in the game of what six or seven cards now. Yeah. Hmm. Quite interesting. Um. Let's see. I do like Reincarnate. That is a cool card. Oh, yeah. That's going to be... That yellow is going to be a staple. Three for six and Brute that just goes to the bottom of the deck anytime you discard it or random. Pretty good. Uh, I guess really the only two other cards I wanted to bring up, right, are Invoke Soraya, our other legendary, um, which is a Prism card. That is going to start at $50, and that will be a $10 card within a month. You think? Yeah. It's uh, it's Eclipse. Have you noticed In that? In a higher uh, print run. Have you noticed that uh, they have a bit of a, a text error on the card? I did notice that. The, yeah. uh, the Arcane Herald versus Archangel of Knowledge. Yep. It is uh, quite bizarre. I'm sure they'll decide on one of them. Uh, I don't know. It's a it's a great card. It'd be sweet if Prism was still around. Like the card would be amazing. Um, people go nuts for that. Well, uh, Prism's you, still legal in Blitz. It's not. Forget. That's true. 
Um, I don't know. Maybe. It's also weird, right? The other thing that this card has is that it, like, it costs mana to play and mana to attack. Um, yep. And then you have to have cards in your soul. It's actually very expensive. Mm -hmm. um, but you do gain a ton of life. Oh, absolutely. Um, and then it dies the second you're dealt damage. Four damage. But yeah. Or no, anytime you're dealt damage. Absolutely, yeah. Well, you know, she is a... Prism's a defensive hero, so... It kind of makes sense. Yeah. She's probably going to be able to defend herself. And it seems that they're also adding a ton of illusionist cards that have ward on them. Right. Yes. Um, they just spoiled, they showed that um, illusionist. They have the Tome of Ao, which is a one cost aura that uh, at the beginning of your action phase destroy and you draw a card. It's got ward one. I'm not really sure how to feel about that, especially at Majestic. It's a blue pitch. It's kind of a little underpowered and underwhelming. Yeah. Uh, and then oh, the one weird. that makes three, uh, two or one uh, spectral shield tokens. Yeah. Yeah, I, the, the the cheaper spectral shield tokens is actually very interesting to me. Um, that card would be disgusting in CC if Prism was still around. Yeah, especially if you can prevent that damage from hitting you. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, it so also seems like Wizard got the short end of the stick. Yeah, which is probably good. I think they want to take a step back from giving Wizard more tools. Um, just because Icelander is probably the best deck in both formats right now. Yeah, it's unfortunate, though, because, I mean, like, Icelander doesn't necessarily want these Wizard cards. Yeah, that's true. Um, I don't know. I, I do find the surge keyword is pretty cool. I think that is an interesting thing to be giving to Wizard uh, and that new card, Swell Tidings. Yeah. Where uh, deal five to, uh, to target hero, and then if it deals more than that, then you get to make a ponder token, it's which ponder gives you an additional card. Yeah, but it's not good. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't think this card is necessarily good, but I think this surge keyword is interesting. Like, well, I think ponder, it's interesting that something token they're planning to reuse. Is like kind of like underwhelming, though. Well, I guess it's because it's at your end phase. Um, you basically get to arsenal something. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, you get choices, I guess, between what you arsenal. Whether it's the card in your hand now or the card later, like, but I think yeah, it just, or like just if you generally, dump your whole hand, yeah. But I, I think it just general, yeah. You may draw a card you don't want to arsenal, but generally though, I think that this is kind of pretty just underwhelming. But I don't know how yeah. how it really affects like the the wizard play in CC, you know, and and much so more in Blitz because they don't even have Storm Striders. Yeah, you're correct. I don't know. Uh, it just it just feels like they could have done more. Especially with like these stabs that are like underwhelming, they could power them up some more, and just we're just not getting those cards. Um, speaking of wizard cards, as we speak, a new card has been spoiled, uh, and it's a one for four 
um, to a hero, but it's got surge. So if it deals four or more damage, it gains go again. This is the first time we've seen go again on a wizard card. Oh, that is interesting. Right. Ooh, yeah. Surge go again is a great design space, right? Yeah. Look at that. Look at that. I dig it. So, what do you think about Jubil Spellbane? Spellbane. It's weird. It's very situational. It's a nice warrior um, sideboard uh, weapon, don't you think? I like sideboard equipment. That is a design space that I am very fond of. So, the more of that that they print, the better. Mm-hmm. It makes a Spellbane Aegis token. Whenever it hits a hero. And essentially, it's kind of just like a uh, a spell void token, right? Yeah. Essentially, like uh, it's really good against Icelander. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. where you are gonna hit. I don't think it's strong enough to necessarily race, but we'll see. Well, it's about being a little. It's about being a little bit more patient, I think. Because I mean, like against the Icelander match, you want to have your resources available to A B, right? Yeah. Um, and I think. Just being patient and floating the other two resources and coming in for three is not a terrible plan. No, not at all. Because if they allow it to come through, uh, it essentially defends you for one more damage every time. Yeah. Hmm. I quite like it. So I don't know. I There's still 50 cards to be spoiled. Um, so we'll see. Uh, I, they are claiming to open up boxes tomorrow. Uh, but I think the, the bigger thing that is going on immediately after that is we have the world championships this weekend oh, yeah. and it doesn't feel like we do. You know what I mean? Yeah, it definitely is not like we don't have the hype leading up to it. You know, it doesn't have that night before Christmas feel that the pro tours had. Mm -hmm. Um, so I don't know. I'm excited to see this. Uh, I wish they would let me know what time zone everything's in. I'm just going to assume it's local time. Uh, so that's like Cali. Yeah, that would make sense. It is in Cali. It's in NorCal. I guess mid Cal really it's in San Jose. Um, so I don't know. Uh, it's going to be interesting. I'm definitely going to be streaming it all weekend. Um, yeah, I mean, I, if I can, I will. Um, if I, I mean, I'm going to be judging a magic tournament this Saturday, so I don't think I obviously I don't think I'll be able to keep my eye on it, but um, definitely going to be interested and find out how things go. Yeah, dude, I'm going to be honest, though, it's um, it's been a while since I've actually like played fab. Same. I haven't uh, I haven't played since Prism got LL'd. Wow. Yeah, it's great. I mean, like I played recently, right? Semi recently, like two weeks ago. I played some blitz at an armory, uh, like three or four rounds, right? Um, and that's it. I mean, before that, and even before that, it had been even longer. Like, it had been like a month, probably. Uh, yeah. So, like, in the last two months, I played very, very little fab. And uh, I, I don't know. It's kind of just like we were in this lull waiting for Dynasty to come out, and nothing new was happening. I was kind of burnt out from, like, practicing and getting ready for uh, the calling at Nats. Yeah, and Dominaria uh, and I spent, came like, out the whole weekend which was a sick playing magic fab. Set. 
when I was out there. So it was kind of just like when I got to October, I was like, okay, I'm taking a small little break because I can't. I don't know. I it just it's just time consuming, you know? Yeah. I mean, I've been playing more magic lately, too. I feel like the last couple of magic sets were very good. Um, and then I feel like it wavers, right? Like uh, I only have time for one TCG in my life, even though I love both. I mean, like actually playing one, like I can definitely yeah. follow and collect two TCGs at once. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like Wizards really pissed a lot of people off these last couple of weeks. So maybe we'll see another fab influx. Yeah, right. I mean, I think that, I feel like the end of this whole year has been like shit on Wizards quarter and like talk about fab, right? Absolutely. Um, there's a video I had me been meaning to watch. Actually, I totally forgot about it. I might watch it right after this uh, podcast recording. And it's um, the video with Red Zone Row, Kellen and uh, the professor. Yes. I yes, totally uh, skipped it. And I, I saw it come up on my notifications at work the other day. And I'm like, oh, are you talking yeah, about the budget Jermai deck video? I, I think so. I think it was about Dash. No, I mean, I think it, oh, it could have been too. Uh, so the professor dropped a uh, he dropped a video. So they had the dash spoiler. That was the professor who had yeah, the, um, the the Gundam mech. spoiler, whatever you want to yeah, call it. He got the mech. But uh, the professor actually dropped a video this week. Yes, with Red Zone Rogue about how to get into Flesh and Blood and build a Dramai CC deck. Oh, excellent! Definitely going to watch that video. Um, yeah. So he teaches you how to play Flesh and Blood, and then basically. Uh, a really good Dramai deck does not cost a lot of money, which I think is very interesting. Like, you don't need Phantasmal Footsteps for that deck. No, not at all. Um, I don't know. It's a, it's very interesting that that is the de facto budget deck right now because it is a very fun deck, and I feel like that deck, more than any other deck in the game, bridges the gap between Flesh and Blood and Magic. Like, it's a, it's a very easy deck to understand how to play if you are a Magic the Gathering player. Yeah. For Summon sure. creatures hit dudes, you know, like whatever. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it seems like the professor's back in. He's on board. I think he. Uh, I mean, I, I don't want to speak on his behalf, but I think he's gotten to a point where he is beyond upset with wizards. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I he mean, used to do it ironically, but then they were like, yeah, here's thousand dollar booster packs. I mean, like, like, come on, like, OK, like we're going to. I don't want to stay on the topic for too long, but like, like it, it seems so tone deaf. Like it's not even about no, the product. That's the perfect word. It's super tone deaf. It's not right? even about the product. Like, look, like yeah, sure, expensive products that are just pimp cards for people who got money is not a problem. Like secret layers, who cares? Like you want to? Yeah, I got one in spend, the mail today. Yeah, you want to spend fifty dollars on five basic lands, man? That's your prerogative. I got, I got a thousand basic lands here in my in my fucking box here on my shelf. I don't need foil special lands. But like, you're celebrating Magic's thirty years history of Magic of playing, uh, socializing, community, right? Tournament comp- competition. And to celebrate 30 years of this game, you want to shill out this thousand dollar product instead of making <laughs> some sort of instead of instead of pushing out a product that serves the community, you're pushing out a product that serves your fucking investors. Like, come on, man. It's so bad. It's, it's disgusting. <laughs> it's so shit. <laughs> it's like, you know, it's and if they did this, if they release if they release this product 
at like a less insultingly at a less insulting price, but also release something else that was more indicative of Master of of Magic's thirty years anniversary, it wouldn't have been a problem. But instead of getting like an actual draftable product or some other sort of sealed product to commemorate the release the 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 thirty years of the game, we just got thousand dollar booster packs like. <laughs> It's so bad. Of, of fake cards, not even like of cards that are not legal in any sanction or tournament play, as according per the rules. Like, yeah, <laughs> rant yeah. over, rant over. Yeah, so I don't know. This is flesh and blood's moment, right? I mean, obviously, Magic is releasing their quote unquote 30th anniversary set uh, at the exact same day. Uh, that Flesh and Blood Dynasty comes out. So what, they are uh, being pit head to head. What are you talking about? The $1,000 booster packs? No, no. Brothers War comes oh, out the same Brothers day as Dynasty. War. That's funny. Well, I'm not really that interested in opening any more magic. Like, that, at least for, for now. Like, it just doesn't seem. Oh, worth. yeah. I'll always be down to draft. Uh, limited magic is one of my favorite things I mean, in the yeah, entire world. I, I mean, I'm down for that. But, like, I'm, I'm such a. I, I'm such a little gambling gremlin like i just love opening booster packs but like i just don't feel like the the magic's not there anymore oh my god that's so like uh poetic you know what i mean like the, it's lost the magic that's on the nose magic. right magic's lost the ah. magic of magic you know and like you open cards oh i got a foil rare that's cool it's like 10 cents it's not special it doesn't yeah. feel special anymore there's nothing cool about it and it's just about buying singles and now like, it just doesn't feel, I don't know, you know, it's, I enjoy Commander still. That's a lot of fun, but it's mostly because of, like, player interaction than yeah. anything. Well, you know, it's like when you open up a pack of Flesh and Blood, it's like almost every single card is going to be playable. Yeah, uh, when I'm you open not a mad pack about of magic, getting, you'll be like, lucky if one's playable. Yeah, I'm not mad about getting a, a foil red card that is like a staple every single time, you know. I open packs. That's fine. You know, these random little yeah. foils and commons just stash them away. Um, and then sometimes you hit the juice, you know, but when you do hit it, you actually do hit it. It's not like you hit like, oh, I got a etched foil uh, Phyrexian Jinga Taxis. I better go check what that's worth. Oh, it's twenty seven dollars because it's a week after release. Cool. Wow. <laughs> yeah, right. No, I totally feel you. So, uh, I don't know. I think, um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, you're 100% correct. And so it's a great moment for Flesh and Blood. I'm personally excited for Dynasty. I don't know if I'm by a case excited, but I'll at least, uh, I'll at least open up a box in cold blood. Yeah, I think, I think the very most I'll do, and that's really just to justify the, the monthly cost is like buy a Rudy kit. Um, but I mean, that is a case, uh, but he'll probably have a sick play mat though. Yeah. Oh my God. He'll I'll sell the there's play so mat, much good art promo, you know? And then like, if I pull some like cool, cold foil, I'll get rid of that, you know, and I'll have all Shit, the arachne cards I need and it'll be fine. Yeah. I might absolutely join you on that. That would be quite sweet. Um, I don't think I, 
I think uh, we're going to skip out on price updates this week because I still have to go out and do a lot of work on those. Um, but we'll have them for you next week, which will be super cool um, to see what cards are moving up and where right before Dynasty drops. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. I'm excited. Yeah, to be uh, and yeah, I think that does it for this week's episode. And I'll see y'all next week. See ya.